This is day four together of our look at 1 Corinthians chapter five. We're gonna look at verses nine to 11. And up till now in this chapter, we have been talking in somewhat broader terms, how to judge, when to judge, the danger of wrong relationships, the picture of the Passover celebration, just in case we might miss the point. Paul had started by talking about a man who was caught up in sin and what needed to be done. And just in case we might get caught up in philosophy and miss the practicality of this, Paul now gets extremely specific. Listen to verses nine to 11. I have written you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters. In that case, you would have to leave this world. But now I am writing you that you must not associate with anyone who calls himself a brother, but is sexually immoral, or greedy, or idolater, or slanderer, or drunkard, or a swindler. With such a man, do not even eat. Those are the verses. And looking at those verses, it makes some feel very judgmental just to read them. How could Paul say this? Where is the love in this? Well, first, before we get into what Paul is talking about, let me tell you what he's not talking about here as he talks about the associations that we have in our lives. First of all, he's not talking about, he's not saying to not associate with anyone who's ever struggled with any kind of sexual immorality. In the next chapter, he's gonna say, all the Corinthians have struggled with sexual immorality. They've come out of that, they've been changed, but they all struggled with it in their lives. Sexual immorality, as Paul talks about it here, is someone who's involved in immorality right now and unwilling to repent, unwilling to change. He's not talking, as we said yesterday, about those who are struggling with sin, but he's talking about those who stubbornly refuse to admit their sin. So he's not talking about anyone who's ever sinned because we've all sinned, so that's obvious. He also makes very clear here that he's not talking about unbelievers. When he says don't associate with people who are sinning, he's not talking about unbelievers. He says you'd have to leave this world if you couldn't associate with unbelievers who were caught up in these kinds of sins because that's their lifestyle, that's how they live. They don't know Jesus. They don't wanna know Jesus, maybe some. And because of that, they're living any way that they want. So what in the world does Paul mean here then? What does it mean to not associate with someone who is a brother but is caught up in sexual sin? Well, we go down the road and we think, well, maybe what he means here is uh, don't be their best friend. Don't spend hours and hours with them. Well, Paul's very clear about that. He says, with such a man, do not even eat. That's very clear. Now, why is he being so strong? Let me tell you why. Paul is being so strong because all of us are weaker than we think. Paul is being strong here because I'm weaker than I think. We are all prone to fall into sin. And sexual sin is especially insidious. And because of that, Paul says, if you accept an association with this person who's fallen into sin and he continues to call himself a brother, you're gonna fall right in with them. Now, if you think, oh, no, not me, if you think I can handle it, you're already in a trap and you don't even know it. That's scary. You can't handle it. That's what Paul's saying here. You cannot handle the fact of sin being close to your life and not get involved in it. You can't. That's why we need the protection of a fellowship of believers. 
That's why we need the Word of God to sanctify us. That's why we need the Spirit of God within us. But even with the Word of God and the Spirit of God and the fellowship of the church, if I allow myself to get involved in fellowship with someone who says they're in the church, but it's a false fellowship, leads me the wrong way. If I allow myself to get involved with someone who says they're speaking the Word of God, but it's a false Word of God, it leads me the wrong way. If I get involved with someone who says they are following the Spirit of God, but they're actually following the Spirit of this world, leads me the wrong way. I can say I'm following God, but I'll end up in the wrong place. Paul's being strong here because I'm weaker than I think. That's why Paul says to Timothy in his letter to Timothy, flee, run away from sexual sin. Don't think you're strong enough to stand there and handle it. Run away from sexual sin. That's why at Saddleback Church, for our staff, we have what we call our staff Ten Commandments, our Ten Commandments for Sexual Purity. And those commandments help us to say, we're not even going to get close to a situation that could tempt us to sin. Those Ten Commandments involve things like uh, never go out, if you're married, you never go out with another woman by yourself for a meal. That might be a restaurant with 100 other people around, but it's too intimate a situation. You never get in a car with another woman and drive somewhere alone if you're married. Why? Because those involve situations that could lead to sexual immorality. You could say, well, that's being legalistic, isn't it? And it could be legalistic, but it's not. What we're saying is we're going to run away. We're going to run away from sexual sin. Paul says if you, if you look at your own life and the struggles that you have in your life, many of them can be traced back to the relationships that you have in your life. And if you have good relationships with those who want to change, you're going to be a growing person. If you think, well, I want to change others and I'm going to get involved in relationships with those who are unwilling to repent, He's not talking here about someone that is a friend of yours and has gone through a devastating circumstance. You need to go to him. You need to say, repent and change. And they do. No, he's talking about they've had a devastating circumstance. You go to him, you say, repent and change. And they say, I will not. What I'm doing is right. And a week later, they say the same thing. And a month later, they say the same thing. At some point, you have to cut off the association. Why? Because you're weak. Now, I know even some of you, as you hear me saying this, I've said it like three or four times, you're weak. You hate it. You think, I am not weak. I am strong. I'm strong in Jesus. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm strong. But when it comes to sin, we're weak. And to think anything else of yourself is just pride. It's just boasting. So that's why the scripture says we run away from sexual sin or from the temptation of sexual sin. Let me just for a moment talk personally to some of you listening to this. Let me talk to those of you who are caught up in a sexual sin right now. It might be a relationship with a man or a woman who's not your husband, not your wife. It might be a, an affair. It might be pornography. It might be a relationship with somebody of the same sex. Let me talk with those of you who are caught up in a sexual sin or are feeling severely tempted toward a sexual sin. Let me just say to you from the scripture, things are not going to change just by you praying more or trying harder. Things will change when you make a change. Paul says, you flee, you run away from sexual sin. Here, the scripture says, stop spending time with those who are flippant about sexual sin. If you're finding yourself constantly tempted towards sexual sin, look in your relationships. Is there someone who's constantly flippant about sexual sin? Stop that relationship. If they're a believer, stop that relationship. In Timothy, Paul says, start spending time with those who want to live with purity. He says, run with those who want to run with a pure heart. Do that now. And he says, run away from any situation that would lead you into temptation. Run away now, whatever it takes. If you have to move, if you have to change jobs, 
What's your purity worth? What's your marriage worth? What's your depth of relationship with Jesus worth? Jesus, we live in a sinful world. And we live in a world right now that sexual sin is just everywhere. It affects every one of us. And as parents, we think about how it affects our children and we pray for them. We pray for them now, for purity in their lives. But Lord, we would be prideful if we didn't begin with ourselves. Jesus, we don't want to live caught up in this world the way the world around us lives. We don't want to live as if the sexual sin in this world was designed to somehow meet our need. We know that sexual sin uses people, whereas marriage, the way you've created sex to bind a man and a woman together for life, that honors people and that honors you. And that's what we want, Jesus. So we need change. How are we gonna change? By trusting you. So Lord, instead of trusting ourselves, I pray for the grace of your spirit to trust you and to set aside those relationships that are pulling us away from you, to run away from those situations that continually, continually cause us to fall into sexual sin or some other kind of sin in our lives. And Lord, to find those who wanna live in a brand new way Lord, none of us are perfect, we all need to grow, but when we sin, Lord, we wanna be these kind of people, the kind of people that come to you immediately, ask you for forgiveness, recognize that forgiveness, and then I'll also ask you, what can I do to change? What can I do not to do that again? Lord, get me out of this trap. Help me to trust you so I can live for you. We ask that this would happen. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm.